0: What's up, planet Earth, and happy Friday. We just about made it. The Olympics are starting. It's pouring out, but it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, I, which is, in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice, a sounding board for business leaders, helping out where I can. I'm very big on the consultative approach, and thus, I love sharing stories, providing perspective and creating connection. Every single Friday, you guys can find me here, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to a live radio show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. In my travels, one thing I've noticed consistently out there is that the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday, when we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked, they're eased aside, they're swept under the rug in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. I know, I do it too. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. Another quick thought for you guys, my last name, Fry actually means free in German. So the name is not just a play on words, it is a little bit of deeper meaning. It feels appropriate that I was watching the uh, opening ceremonies from the Olympics in Beijing this morning, an international event with the presence of talent from not only the best athletes in the world, but the best coaches in the world. Well, we're going to be speaking with someone today who's regarded as one of the most talented consultants and coaches in her field, and she is from the U.S.'s neighbor to the north. I believe this is the first time I've actually had someone appearing on the show from another country, so that's super cool. The shades are on. You've heard the Always Friday opening ceremony at this point. Let the games begin. Today's show, the franchise coach from Canada. So most franchise consultants have never been a franchisor or a franchisee let alone a franchise attorney. This means that they may not understand the legal issues and the perils that are specific to franchising, as well as the order of things as well. Our special guest knows what you need to do to be successful in the world of franchising because she's been in those shoes and on the front lines. This guest organization is an award-winning, full-service franchise consulting firm with over 30 years of real-world experience as a franchisor, as a franchisee, and as a franchise attorney so if you have a killer concept and you want to get it ready for the world of franchising this is who you need to speak with talk is cheap we all know that we're on talk we don't want this to just be talk the goal here is let's use the insight on the business landscape take it and create some more impact on Monday morning it is far too often where SMBs are focused on the product that's going to help solve their problems whatever the shiny new mousetrap is the new tech the new app one thing that seems really consistent out there is products change every single day. In everything else that we do, there is no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and focusing on the process that that's really going to help you achieve your goals. You do that, the right products will be there when you need them. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, really excited for you guys here today. Our special guest is none other than Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman & Company. So Lori... Yeah, you've heard a little bit of her resume thus far. Dynamic and articulate businesswoman with ex- with essential professional designations and over 30 years of real-world business experience in a variety of corporate and not-for-profit environments. Strong leader, valued team player, outstanding interpersonal skills. Lori understands that communication and respect for human values is the key to productivity and bottom-line results. She's been working with the areas of strategic development, business growth since 1990, with just the right mix of education. Education and real world experience. Lori's become one of Canada's leading management consultants and is widely recognized as Canada's leading expert on the subject of franchising and multi unit development. So also a guest speaker and prolific writer, having published over a couple hundred articles, book chapters and white papers appearing both on TV and radio, uh, started with a seven, a seven year corporate mergers and acquisitions private law practice before becoming the director of legal affairs and human resources for a multimillion dollar food service company that was simultaneously a franchiser and the master franchisee for Quebec For the Pizza Hut brand After gathering experience in all aspects of both Franchising and food service Lori went on to co-found her own franchise Food chain called Zing Noodlery Which earned her several prestigious awards For her branding and marketing work Including the Pinnacle Award Outstanding Overall Corporate Image Awarded by the Canadian Franchise Association And Toronto Advertising Association After five years the chain was sold To a US franchise development firm And Ms. Cartman founded her own Consulting and law firm as an attorney by trade, Lori continued to offer her local, national, and international law practice to growing clients, as well as a complete roster of business development services. There's a lot here. Miss Cartman has worked with some of the nation's best-loved brands, Petro Canada, Pizza Hut, Baton Rouge, Chatters Beauty Supply, uh, Comfort Keepers, Boston Pizza, Stokes Homewares, many others, but has a penchant for smaller and emerging brands who could benefit from her full range of expertise. There's so much that Lori can talk to you about franchising. She is by far the best person to speak with on the subject. We're going to discuss my favorite questions, as always. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What is your favorite musical instrument, and who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Joining us from Montreal, Quebec, a woman who has more awards on her mantle than there are at the Oscars, Lori, welcome to Always Friday.
1: So happy to be here. Love to chat with you and with your audience. It's always great.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited for this conversation. You know, I'm a big fan of process. I've always been fascinated by the topic of franchising, and it's extremely rare to hear from somebody who's been a franchisor, franchisee, and attorney in the space. So let's hear about your journey. How'd you get to where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, I have a really sort of a unique journey um i started out when i was a kid <coughs> excuse me i wanted to be an architect and um as i went through life i realized that math was just not my bailing wig so i know that you know millimeters matter if you're an architect and millimeters don't matter to me or i don't, can't get my head around it and i've always had a big mouth i love to write and so being a lawyer was like the you know was i was i was called to it So I remember I used to watch shows like Perry Mason and, um, you know, all of those law shows, those legal shows. I used to love to watch those. I was like always glued to the TV. So I knew being a lawyer is always what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to go to law school and I wanted to practice, but that I wanted to go into business. I knew that I didn't want to be a partner in a law firm. So I um, did a bachelor of commerce uh, with a degree in management information systems, which now is absolutely, totally useless. So, I mean, I'm not I'm comfortable in front of a computer, but when I started doing it, PCs didn't even exist then. So now I'm dating myself. We used to use punch cards. So that was a long time ago. And um, so I went to law school. Um, I graduated. I ended up in a tax firm So, you know, what you work as, as a lawyer is sort of like where you end up and what you end up in. So I ended up on this tax team and I did um, tax and estate planning and mergers and acquisitions for about seven years. And, and as much as I liked it, I didn't like private practice because it was always crisis management. The client always came to us, you know, when someone was suing them or when they breached the agreement, as opposed to coming to us, you know, to read the agreement before and make sure that they wouldn't have these problems. So I got an opportunity to go into industry uh, with a multi-billion dollar company and, and all of their holdings were in the franchise industry. So in one of their brands, they were the franchisor and in another brand, they were the master franchisee for Quebec so what was cool was that as the VP of legal and HR I got to see everything that went on in the company so I got a real education not only on uh, the legal side but on the marketing on the operations on the finance or you know obviously all the legal stuff and um so after about 10 years, I took that knowledge. I went out, I co-founded a chain of restaurants with a partner called Zing Noodlery that you mentioned. And um, it was a whopping success. We It was very funky, Asian. As you see, it's green and orange. And we played these, uh, we had these big TVs and we played these Japanese cowboy Westerns. They're hysterical. <laughs> um, so it was really cool. It was really funky. And, you know, my partner and I said, okay, well, we're in and we're out in five years. And in five years, this U.S. development group came. Uh, they were interested in taking the concept to the U.S. Um, so we sold them the company. And then I was like 40. And I was like, OK, well, what am I going to do with my life now? So I was recently divorced. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So I was really sick. And I realized, well, you know, I've got young kids. I need to do something at home. So I looked at my skill set. I said, what do I know? I know franchising. What else do I know? I know the legal. I know the marketing. I know the operations, I know the financial. So I said, when I was a franchisor, and owner of my own business, I spent more time managing professionals than I did selling franchises. So when I sold my business, I realized that I can't be the only business or the only franchisor with that issue. So I opened up Glory Cartman Company. It it's was our 20th anniversary last year. And we specialize in anything that has to do with multi-unit business development. So we're really specialists in franchising and licensing. Those are the models um, that I work with the most. They're the ones I know. Um, so we, um, you know, we have sort of um, two different markets. We have those who have businesses that they want to franchise. So they're not franchised yet. They want to franchise. We work with a lot of you know, established brands to help them grow. And then on the other side of the point, we work with individuals who are looking to get into business and to buy a franchise. We have a matchmaking process that we take them through so that they can, you know, we can find the right franchise for them.
0: Love playing matchmaker. And this is a space where there is there are so many options that you could go with. Yeah. So, so like, how, how does that actually work, you know, work with you and the team? You know, how do you go about really trying to play matchmaker for somebody who's looking to get into franchising?
1: Well, we have a, I have a proprietary system. So I interview the candidates, I take them through, um, you know, like an intake questionnaire. um, And we look at all things, you know, people think that um, money is the first thing that you have to look, well, how much money do I have? And that's really not the place to start. The place to start is, what would I like to do if I had the opportunity to do anything I wanted for the rest of my life? What would I do? And so mm-hmm. I look around people's hobbies and interests because there are over 4,000 franchises out there. So whatever your hobby is, if it's gardening, there's a franchise for you. If there's, you know, if it's home maintenance, there's a franchise for you. I mean, there are absolute franchises for absolutely everything. So yep, yep. Um, we're, we're,
0: we're going to dive deeper into that. When we come back from this break, we're going to get into the method behind the madness with Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman and company. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman & Company. Franchise expertise on every end of the coin. She's been a franchisor, a franchisee, and a franchise attorney. Deep, deep expertise in the space. Before we get into the the method behind the madness here, I want to just give a quick perspective, sit out by the fire pit, which is soaking wet for the moment. But I, I just I love talking about franchises, so I'm excited to be chatting here with Lori today a franchise isn't a product it's a system my family owned one in the early 90s and i've i've investigated a few for my along the way. I've looked at franchising some concepts. It's one thing to give off the appearance of being a franchise, but it is a massive undertaking to get a concept ready for distribution as a franchise. Some people think of only the big name restaurant franchises. There are so many that are available out there, and they're definitely not just restaurants, professional services, home improvements, health and wellness, commercial cleaning. The list goes on and on. But if if people want a franchise, they have to have the mindset of process and scale ability. And it just it reminded me of last week's show when I was talking to my buddy Mark, you know, we related the Thomas Edison quote about, you know, vision without execution is hallucination. And with franchising, it's not just about whoever the subject matter expert is or whoever the visionary is who came up with the concept. It's about someone coming in with no context or no previous experience and being able to follow the system that's been created for effective, efficient, and proven execution. So, Lori, we we're excited to hear about the method here. This is the scientific part of the show. What do you do? How do you do it? And how do you go to market for it? Lay it on us.
1: Got to unmute myself there. Um, yeah. You know, we look for brands and um, I'm a real specialist in emerging brands. So there's a lot of consultants and lawyers that don't like to work with emerging brands because They're, you know, they don't know that much about franchising or about how it works. And and so, you know, they're more interested in going with the brands that have bigger budgets and that already have systems and procedures. And I like to, um, you know, I'm the kind of person I like to work with a brand that has not yet franchised. Because they need everything, they need all the services that we provide the strategic planning, the marketing, the legal, the finance, they need all of those things. And we provide all of those things under one roof. So we're completely full service. So go ahead, sorry.
0: No, you also, you know, you're, in addition to being a consultant and a full service, you know, franchise business development expert, you know, you're, you often are you know, positioned as a coach as well. So I, I love that that idea of working with the budding you know, opportunities, because they really do need everything.
1: Yeah, and they do need, you know, as you mentioned, thank you very much for bringing it up. I have a division of Lori Carpenter Company, which is called Coach Lori, and that is all about productivity. It's all about work-life balance. It's all about setting goals and reaching them and delegating and getting past procrastination. And those are all things that especially that business owners and entrepreneurs need. So I get to provide those services to my franchise clients. But I also have clients for whom I just do coaching. So I just work as an executive coach. These are usually people that are business owners, entrepreneurs, um, or people who want to be entrepreneurs.
0: So, you know, be, trying to go after the idea of of franchising a concept for the first time of something that's a new and, and, and budding idea, that people can be really afraid to do it. Even if they tried to set the look up as you know something that this is what I intend to do, you know they they're they're almost afraid of their own shadow to actually go out and do it. And I, I love this quote that you have put out there. It says, "Feel the fear and do it anyway. If you're not feeling fear, you're not growing." I, I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And I live that. I mean, I really believe that. If you're not feeling fear, you're not growing. And so I spend most of my life pretty freaked out. But, you know, I've got – I have all sorts of licenses and stuff to show for it. So there you go. I guess that works out. You're in good company. <laughs> yeah, I'm in good company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, as far as other other methodology that you use, that, you know, you have on your, on your website and in a lot of your collateral that you're a Colby-certified consultant – and I'm I'm somewhat fascinated by this concept. Talk to us a little bit about what a Colby consultant does, and consultant does, and how it relates to the to the world of franchising that you live in.
1: Sure, I am a became a Colby consultant um, a few years back. I've been working with Colby for about twenty years, and Colby is an assessment. So it's an assessment that you take. It's thirty questions, uh, takes about ten minutes, and it's completely different. From all of the other assessments that are out there, because there, there are a lot of them and I don't knock them because they all have their place. Colby is a really different kind of animal. Colby measures who you are, how you are hardwired to act from birth. What is your MO? The way you problem solve today is the same way you problem solved when you were five years old and you were playing on the playground. It's just become more sophisticated. So, um, most of the assessments are just a snapshot in time, and they factor in things like age, race, intelligence, social status, you know, demographics. They factor those things in, whereas Colby does not take any of those things into account. So Colby really shows not who you are just today, but who you were yesterday and who you're going to be tomorrow. So I use it a lot in two ways. I use it with people who come to my coaching practice. That's the first thing we do is their Colby, so I know how to coach them better. And I use it in my franchise division where franchisors come to me with their um, potential franchise prospects, and I do the Colby on the prospect to determine whether or not they would be a good franchisee for that system.
0: And I think I think that's great. That's that's so people-centric, and you know I like to talk about the people first. Yeah. You, know, it's, it, you can't just plug and play. It's like, it's not a one size fits all type of thing. And it's just even looking at some of the content around being a Colby consultant. I saw this question asked, it said, what kind of team do you have? Yeah. So, you know, I, again, I lo- I love the idea of surrounding yourself with the right people first, but I continuously see out there in, in corporate America that it, it's like, oh, I have a team and this is what we're here to do. And it's it's almost like it's treated like all right. Well, this is how it's going to be, and it's it's not really you know people centric in a way where it's like every team has a different purpose, a different vision, and a different team dynamic. Like yeah. talk talk to us a little bit about how how this really helps strengthen that discussion.
1: It's really interesting. You know, I often do teams and corporations, so. I did um, a Colby team assessment for a construction company, and I did their whole marketing team, which was 12 people. Um, And it's really interesting because I do everybody's individual Colby, and then I plot them all on a chart. So you can see where everybody is on the team. You can see what kind of person everybody is. And then by looking at their Colby score and understanding Colby, you can see, okay, well, if I work for this guy, he needs a real detailed report. But if I work for this guy, he just wants an executive summary. It helps people to understand what other people's motivations are. It helps people to understand how other people problem solve. And it really brings teams together because they're like, oh, okay, I work for George. And, you know, George is a visual learner. So now I know when I work with him, I need to provide charts and graphs and stuff because that's how he processes information. So it really makes teams very cohesive, very productive. Um and uh, very efficient.
0: Do do you find sometimes that some of the entrepreneurial folks that you you work with, they, they resist like results like this, you know, saying that they they have a different perspective on it. And yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the way that the, that the research would indicate.
1: You know, the thing about Colby is that it's a hundred percent accurate. Whenever I, whenever somebody does the Colby and then I do the debrief on their report, they all, have these aha moments oh my god that's exactly I've been like that all my life now I know that that's really who I am you know for me when I did my Colby 20 years ago I learned that I'm not a detail person now I had always suspected that because I hate to fill out forms like I'm just not I'm a big picture person and the Colby you know the first thing Colby said to me on you know on my test it says I bet you hate to fill out forms yeah (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's me. I think the it's me. So, most of the time when I give someone their debrief, they're like, oh my God, I I can't believe how accurate that is. I can't believe you know that about me, you know, just from 30 questions. It's really cool.
0: Very, very cool. Let's, let, let's go back for a second to your experience with zing noodlery because I, I'm, I'm an Asian fusion enthusiast for sure. So I'm very intrigued by this concept. But what I'm also intrigued by with, with the methodology of what you do, just how that experience really, cause you, you know, you've had a lot of other experience around this whole arena, but you know, there's, there's nothing like the ground war. It was like last week we talked a lot about the air war and the ground war and where everything kind of meets in the middle. So, you know, you're, you're definitely a big picture person. I get that, but you had you know your your hand on the button with this so you know yeah. talk to us a little bit about how that really prepared you to consult with everybody
1: you know it was a really great experience because you know i'd always worked as an attorney and though <clears throat> i worked you know on all the marketing documents and the legal and the operations manuals and i worked on all of those things they weren't created by me when we created zing my partner and i when we created zing we had to create all those things when you have a business <clears throat> And you're planning on franchising <coughs> excuse me when you have a business and you're planning on franchising there you need to put into place these systems before you ever even go out to franchise and it's easiest to do it when you're building out your first location or you have one operating location because then Um, you know, we can do your marketing. Uh, We look at branding. We look at strategic planning. We look at, you know, where will you go to get franchisees? How are we going to market this business opportunity? Um, And so I really loved it because I got to touch on everything. And because of that, that's what allowed me to springboard um, into being a consultant. And when I work with clients, they know that I understand them. Because I've done it with my own money, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're the person who writes the check, your perspective is very different. And I take that perspective into my client relationships. So, um, you know, they know that I've actually done it with my own money, and I've been in the trenches, and I speak the lingo. And so, you know, that's what usually connects me to my clients.
0: So this is this is kind of getting into the madness a little bit, which we're gonna talk about in detail coming up after the next break, but it's been in my experience that creative types of folks, and if you're coming up with your own type of concept that has a franchisable you know capability, yeah, you're a creative type of person. Sometimes you know folks like that wanna have the franchise benefits and the idea of franchising sounds great, but documenting everything and making a system out of it and being able to follow said system they tend to resist that. At least that's what I've seen. Do you have you seen similar out there?
1: You know, people who buy a franchise are very. We're very particular. Franchisors are very particular about who they accept as franchisees, and we're looking for people who will follow a system, who will stay within the system. People who are true entrepreneurs are horrible franchisees. What we look for are people that we call intrapreneurs. So they have value to add. Um, but they understand that they have to add that value within the context of a pre existing system. So they're not going out there all the time, you know, trying to do new things that aren't approved by the or They stay within the box. And the best, best, best franchisees out there are veterans because veterans follow the rules. They are the most successful, ask any brand, their veterans are the most successful franchisees in all of the brands, because they're used to following a system. They're used to following the rules. They do what you tell you to do. And if you follow a franchise system, you will make money. The day you start to deviate from that system is the day you start losing money.
0: That's that's really not a surprise at all. That's very insightful, though, that veterans are very strong franchisees. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman and Company. Stay with us. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Lori Cartman, CEO of Cartman and Company, straight out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, working with franchisors, franchisees. She is a franchise attorney as well. We hit on something, uh, very, very crucial. I feel like in the, in the last segment, we are talking about the method, the idea of franchisors and franchisees alike being process minded and thinking in terms of the system and this is something that i that i think about a great deal i feel like people still think about you know franchising and starting a business at with a product based mindset, which product is going to make me the most money? Or do I have enough money for this particular franchise for this product? Where they should be focused is on which franchise has the most concrete system to follow for success. Or if they're trying to make their own franchise, how to systematize what create creative, artistic, you know, novel idea that they came up with. And Lori, you know, gave some great perspective before saying that as franchisees, veterans tend to be very excellent franchisees because they're used to following a system. And I, I thought that was a great perspective. So, Laurie, this is the madness part of the show. This is where we get into the artistic observational view, views from the field, stories that we have, no subject to taboo. Obviously, if there's client confidentiality issues, we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but a good story is a good story. So you have 30 years plus Plus or minus experience in, in and around this field. Give us some some tales of madness. What have you seen out there?
1: The, um, the key to franchising is consistency. That's the key. If you go to a McDonald's, I don't care whether you're in a McDonald's in Vermont or in Canada or in Europe, when you're in a McDonald's, you know you're in a McDonald's. They may look a little bit different because McDonald's is really good about using the local decor, but you know, you're in a McDonald's, right? The menu may be different, but everything about it has that same look and feel, right? And it's got the same food and the food is extremely consistent. A Big Mac is a Big Mac. It tastes the same no matter where you go. And so a lot of times where, you know, there's problems in franchise systems is when you've got rogue franchisees and they don't follow the system. And that could mean a bunch of things. So for example, I had a franchisee and um, in uh, Zing Noodlery, one of the biggest things that we sold was chicken. And we were very particular. We bought the highest quality chicken. We you know it was not pumped with water or salt. It was brain fed. And um, I had a franchisee who decided that they wanted to use a different kind of chicken. And I started to get complaints at head office that they went to this location and the chicken didn't taste the same and they're not going to go back there anymore. And I started to get all this stuff. So I go and I see the franchisee and I say to him, listen, you bought a system because it's a system, right? You signed a contract that said you're going to use approved products and approved suppliers. You're not using either. I said, and that is creating damage to the goodwill of the entire brand, but I'm one location. No, you're not one location because someone comes here in Montreal and they have a lousy experience and then they're in Ottawa and someone with another friend and they say, let's go to Zing. What are they going to say? Oh no, I had a horrible experience in Montreal. So what does that mean? That means the guy in Ottawa who's doing everything right, okay, is at the end of the day is losing money and is losing business and reputation because you refuse to follow the rules. So he comes to me and he says to me, you know what, I've invested $250,000 into this plus another 350 into that. And I said to him, you know what, let me tell you something. I said, I invested a million five and I am not going to let you devalue my investments. You've got two choices. You're either going to change the chicken like immediately and throw out whatever you have. I don't care what you do with it. Give it away. Or I'm going to put a lock on your door my unit, and I'm going to do whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. I put a lock on the door. The next day, I put a lock on the door. He comes to me and says, I can't get in. I said, no, no, you can't. And I'm terminating your franchise agreement because you won't follow the rules. And because you won't follow the rules, I have three other franchisees that I have to take care of. And you're ruining the goodwill of the whole entire brand name for everybody in the system. So you're gone.
0: S- such an important point, and I, uh, I, I applaud you for holding your ground. I, you're an attorney. My, my wife's an attorney as well, so I'm, you know, very familiar. But uh, I, I, I would expect nothing less. But, but you hit on something, uh, you know, again that I think is crucial here. You know, system consistency, no rogue operation, no siloed types of missions. And it brings about an important point where corporate America and folks that that work within the systems, you know, they can work with with teams that are on rogue missions and doing different projects. And they're very siloed operations, especially in larger organizations. So you you put together an article just before the pandemic that talked a little bit about transferring corporate skills into the franchise world. So talk to us a little bit about this, because this is something where I see there might be some challenges and some definite coaching and, mentoring that needs to be done
1: yeah you know people don't realize they say well i've never been in business you don't have to have been in business to be a franchisee in fact most people who are franchisees have never been in business but what franchisors when they're interviewing franchisees uh when i'm doing it i'm looking for very specific things what i'm looking for are the kind of skills that people would have acquired in their other careers that are useful and that are necessary to be a franchisee. So like we talk about systems and procedures, I can teach you how to make a burger. I can teach you how to use the cash. I can't teach you how to deal with an irate customer. I can't teach you how to manage your staff. I can't teach you how to prioritize. So people who come, I look to see what kind of corporate skills do they have? Have they been a supervisor? Have they been responsible for bottom line results? Um, You know, how many people have they managed in their career? What kind of sales do they do? Are they afraid of talking to the public? These are the things that I look for that are all these soft skills that you get in a corporate environment that are very transferable into franchising, because a franchise or can only teach you how to run the system, they can teach you the soft skills. So mm-hmm. if I look at people who come to me to have those soft skills, and they usually have acquired most of those in other corporate positions that they've had.
0: I'm, I'm assuming the answer to this is yes. But have you ever spoken with somebody along the way that was dead set on on being a a franchisor or a franchisee? And, and they just couldn't couldn't deal with the idea of somebody telling them what to do if they were going to really try to own their own business.
1: My God, you know, you hit the nail on the head. That's my next story. I was going to tell you. It's like you're mind-leaning. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, um, we had a, a franchisee. Uh, hang on, I lost my train of thought there. I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I had a client. I had a client many years ago who came to me, a nutrition brand. They made smoothies Mm -hmm. and they said, we're hiring you and we're going to listen to you because we're brand new and you've been doing this for 20 years. And I was like, beautiful. That's what I like my clients to say. We're going to listen to what you tell us. Love it. So I go and I have a logo designed for them and they come back. They don't like the logo. Okay, so we go and we revise it a few times and then they come back and they, they don't like anything. And there's ones that i sent them that are actually perfect for them. And they say, well, I asked a customer. My customer didn't like this one. Well, unfortunately, your customer is not the person who's going to be making the ultimate decision. Then we're here in Quebec. So you have to put a French tagline. I don't want to put a French tagline. I said, you don't get that option. This is Quebec. You need your French tagline. I'm not using a French tagline. Okay. so then I go and I design a trade show booth for them. And the trade show booth guy calls me and he says, I don't understand what the problem is. Your client just called and they just changed everything. I called on my client and I said, listen, I have to fire you. I said, you know, I work with people who are willing to take my advice. I said, you hired me for my advice, yet you're not willing to take it. And what you're putting out there with your logo and your marketing materials are things that I would never in a million years have my name associated with. I said, so unfortunately... You hired me, you're paying me a lot of money. You don't want to follow what I tell you to do, which are the right things. So I'm very sorry, but we can't work together. So yeah. So I do get ones who say, No, you're wrong. And it's like, okay, if you think I'm wrong, that's fine. You know, and I and sometimes I I really am wrong, but when it comes to creating a system, I'm very rarely wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's and again, uh, I appreciate you holding your ground there with with things like that because there is definitely definitely some folks out there that that would just stay there. Okay, I'm wrong. Just you, you could continue to pay me to be wrong.
1: Yeah, but it's my reputation, right? And I didn't want that they would put out their stuff, whatever I don't remember something nutrition that they were called, and people were going to know that I work with them and say, Lori did that. That doesn't look like Lori's work. So it was yeah. my reputation, and I had to protect that.
0: I, I, I got to bring this up because it's a it's a story from my field travel. So so yesterday I was I was meeting with a with a commercial insurance broker, you know, friend buddy of mine, Mike Sullivan, uh, with Conover Buyer Insurance Associates in uh, Manasquan, New Jersey, and he took us to he took me to see uh, a, a client of his that just just started last year called Cheesesteak Louise. And I've been hearing about this place a bunch down by the Jersey shore, right in the thick of everything. It's, you know, right, right now it's a little quiet and desolate down there, but you know, peak season, beach season, it's, it's out of control madness there. And I just, I looked at the signage. I looked at what was going on inside. I met the owner. His name's TJ, the one masterminding everything behind the scenes. And it, it totally has that look. Like this could be scalable this is a simple menu it's delicious it's awesome it's like could be great in college towns it's great in beach towns and you know i, I chatted with him for a little bit i was like you yeah, know what's 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 your goals here what are you trying to do it's like you want to make this a franchise he was like absolutely i just need to work on the system and i was so encouraged to hear that because it it's right in line with what you're saying yeah
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about creating a system. As I say, you need to create something that a monkey could do. That's what we call it. It's like, you know, it's like we go by the KISS method, you know, keep it simple, stupid.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: And, you know, like I say, we can train any franchise can train a franchisee on how to run the business, how to make money. They can't train them, like I said, on all of those soft skills that they need to actually come to the table with.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just so great that you're able to really encompass every end of the coin. Like there's, there's lots of documentation, there's lots of transaction, there's lots of consultation, there's around doing business development as a franchise and getting it off the ground. Yeah. But the coaching side of things, you know, really working on work life balance and, you know, personal character traits on how you, and, and looking at the assessment type type of things and making sure that you know what kind of team you have and what roles they can all play. Like, That's so important to make something like this work.
1: Yeah. And it's really important also um, for the franchisor's uh, management team. So, you know, if if anybody's read uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, if you haven't read it, you have to read it. It's one of the best business books ever written. Um, It's called Good to Great. And what he talks about is having, it doesn't matter who your team is. You need to have the right people in the right seats on the right bus. So. I go in and I look at management teams and I'll say, you know, your CFO guy I've done his Colby, your CFO guy is not meant to be a CFO. He doesn't have the skill set that he would need to be a CFO in a franchise organization. So, Colby tells me and helps me to see do they have the right people in the right seats on the right bus? And that's really it's you know, the system is important is just as important, but it's the people who create and implement the system and who execute the system that you know really have to be systems people.
0: That's awesome. A lot of great sound bites there, everybody. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman and Company out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Stay with us. Join
2: us every Tuesday at 4pm Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behaviour to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday, for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on Mm talkradio.nyc.
0: Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Lori Cartman, CEO of Lori Cartman & Company, franchise expertise galore, consultation, coaching, business development, all of the above. Don't forget, if you are an entrepreneur and you like small, medium-sized business discussion, Stay with talkradio.nyc for the 12 o'clock Eastern Time Show, The Entrepreneurial Web with Jeremiah Fox. Jeremiah is kick-ass, has some great guests as well, bound to learn something. But we're going to bring things home here with Lori Cartman. and I hope you guys have been... Keep keeping keeping tabs on what Lori's been saying because she's been throwing some excellent sound bites out at everybody. So, Lori, this is the message part of the show. The whole idea from Weekend Insight to Monday Impact. You know, we want to give folks some things that they can remember over the weekend while they're enjoying their cocktails and enjoying their freedom. So, you know, what could we what could we give everybody and leave them with so that they can take some action Monday morning? We do need to unmute, though. Studies show I can't hear you when you're on mute.
1: There you go. I forget every time. Um, um, Yeah, you know, being being a franchisee is one of the best. It is the best way to own a business. Franchising is you get into business with the minimum amount of risk possible. Because the tagline in franchising is that you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. So you have a whole team and you have other franchisees who are also there to help you. So and when you're looking for a franchise, most people look at what their budget is and they say, um, you know, well, you know, I can afford a franchise. What's available for two hundred thousand dollars? And it doesn't really work that way. It's more of a question of, you know, I tell people who are going to buy franchises, they're the luckiest people in the world because they now have the ability to choose what they are going to do every day and who they're going to work with. And you never have that option otherwise. So you're buying a tried and true system that if you follow it, you will make money. I tell new franchisees, franchisees often after a little while, they figure that they can do something better, faster, easier, cheaper, whatever, than the franchise work. The day they start implementing those things is the day they start losing money. If you're going to buy a franchise follow the system because that's the only way you're going to be successful and make money is if you follow the system and anybody can be a franchisee you don't need to have any particular skill set um you know there's a franchise for everything and i always ask people what are their hobbies what do they like to do and also i ask them what do other people tell them they're good at so I when I have people coming to me and they want to be a franchisee, there's a form letter that I send them and they have to send that form letter out to 10 people. And the form letter basically says, I am doing this study, um, you know, for my career options. Um, I would like to know from you, what is it that you think I'm good at? Really simple. And you'd be amazed at the results and the responses that people get. Um, And they learn and they go, Oh, well, everybody thinks I'm good at that. Well, maybe I can, you know, get into that kind of business. So the first thing you got to get up every morning and love what you do. So the first thing you need to do is love the concept. Money is the secondary
0: question. Yeah, it's I I couldn't agree more. It, it falls right in line with even just looking at money as a product. It's people first, good process leads to the yeah. to the right products. I I genuinely feel that way. What about from the, you know, the franchisor side, you know, folks like my buddy TJ with Cheesesteak Louis, like, you know, something it's it definitely revolves around having the open mindset that you need to create a system and be system like you know, systematic scalability, be keeping process right. in mind. But, you know, what what are some thoughts that we can give to people that have a concept that they're not sure if it's right for it. They want to explore it. You know, besides, obviously, they need to talk to you sooner than later. Yeah, I was
1: just going to say, they can call me. Talking to me is free. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but just some, you know, I, I, again, like your your whole thoughts of, uh, you know, around around fear, it's like something is if you're not feeling the fear, you're not growing. So, you know, what's you know, to get to get people into the into the mindset to take action or at least set the table so that it can happen. You know, what are what are some thoughts there? Because in general, I, I think about just document the process, document what you do, document it in a way where you and where you can explain it and teach it to people easy. But, you know, what, what else comes along with that?
1: There's lots of other things that come along with that. So when you're setting up a franchise um, at the beginning and you know you're setting it up as a franchise system, you have to make sure, one of the main things is to make sure that all of your products and your supplies, that other franchisees and other parts of the country are going to be able to get it. So for example, if you're picking dishes, you're not going to your local Ikea and buying dishes. You're going to a dish supplier, you're picking something out, That is always going to be in stock because all your franchisees are going to need to use the same dishes or the same you know same uh, meat and the same suppliers so it's important as your first step to set up your supplier relationships and to make sure that you're getting rebates on your supplier relationships based on franchisee purchase volumes because most franchisors only have one revenue stream and that's from royalties and you need to have more than one so i'm a big believer in um, having, you know, franchisors, um, you know, create everything for the franchisee where when they go to open their business, they have a list of smallwares, they have a list of equipment, they have a list of inventory, and they know where to go buy it. And they just have to, you know, fill out the form and send it off to the supplier and they get everything they need. That's a large part of what you have to build into the system.
0: That's 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 great stuff. That's great stuff for the franchisor side where it's not just about the royalties It's really make it as plug and play as you can and other lines of revenue. I love that thought. You have a webinar coming up here in a, in, in a few weeks. I understand grow your business with other people's money. The subject yeah. of OPM has always been something intriguing to me. But, you know, give, give us a little bit on this before we before we bring things home with you.
1: Sure. That is um, actually a webinar on a how to franchise your business. So that's geared towards um, brands that want to franchise. And, um, you know, a lot of what I I get into when I talk about, you know, first franchising your business, like I said, is about setting up the systems and procedures. And also about making sure that you have a concept that's viable um, and that isn't a fad. So, you know, things like video machines, you know, were a big fad and people were signing all these for video machines. And they came to me and they said, would you represent us? And I said, no, because... A franchise agreement is 10 years. I don't think your business is going to be around in 10 years. So what is it that you're selling to the franchise? There's no value after the end of their agreement. There's absolutely no value for them there. So what are you selling? You're selling air, right?
0: Yep, definitely. So this is February 22nd at 11 a.m. For those of you out there who are interested in franchising your concept, you know, definitely tune in to, to Lori's webinar. Her website's Carpman. Dot-com l-o-r-i-k-a-r-p-m-a-n you could find her on social media. You could find her everywhere There's lots of content about Lori Karpman out there. So definitely look her up before we let you go Lori We're gonna share the answers to the three questions that I love asking my guests uh, Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument and who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? So without further ado Lori's favorite movie character is Vivian Ward from Pretty Woman. Big Pretty Woman fan. So the down-on-her-luck Hollywood prostitute hired to be a businessman's escort for several meetings and social functions, and their relationship develops over the course of her week-long stay. While it isn't exactly the same, Lori, (laughs) There's something to be said for Lori and, and team working alongside of other professionals, so that they can present the best versions of themselves to the to the franchise world they're trying to play in. I'm trying to make it, you know put a nice little spin on it there for the Pretty Woman style. I know you're a big fan. Of, of, of yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you know you look, you look good as Julia Roberts there. Yeah, and, I was going to
1: say I'm looking pretty good there.
0: <laughs> any, by the way, any chance I have to put my face on Richard Gere's body, you can rest assured I'll I'll, I'll probably do that. So. <laughs> but uh go, moving on favorite, favorite tv show you said was chicago med the, the city's most highly skilled medical team saves lives while navigating their unique interpersonal relationships and i know you said along the way that you like all the legal and medical shows my wife's an attorney she does too i jump on i jump off but she's obsessed with all of them <laughs>
1: that's hysterical those pictures are too funny
0: I like to have fun with the green screen as much as possible, and also entice people to actually watch as well as listen because you know the, most people are visually stimulated anyway. You also said you also told me about your guilty TV pleasure, which is the 90 Day Fiance, which is not something that I've I've gotten into yet, but it looks pretty dramatic.
1: It, you know, 90 Day Fiance is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> it's all of these relationships and they're mismatched and they don't know things about each other and they find out all these secrets and this one is sleeping with this one and it's just, it's a total guilty pleasure because there is absolutely no redeeming quality to the show at all, <laughs> other than the fact that it entertains me.
0: Nice little guilty pleasure, love it. Yeah, so, fa- fa- favorite instrument and artist, you said the guitar played by your boyfriend who also has a history of being a music producer, but since I don't know him just yet, uh, when I, I asked Laurie if she could get tickets to see somebody perform live music tomorrow, who would she want to go see? The answer was Phil Collins. Yeah. And yes, I did put your face on Phil Collins. I couldn't help myself.
1: (laughs) That's
0: hysterical. (laughs) One thing I didn't know, he had more U S top 40 singles than any other artist during the eighties. So that was actually cool to find out, but wow. Lori, I can't, I can't thank you enough for joining me here today. Great sentiments. Love the franchising world. Very people and process oriented. Leads to the right end products. Love the discussion. Anybody out there looking to franchise or become a franchisor, you should definitely reach out to Lori Cartman at Lori Cartman and Company. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Aaron Levine, founder of LG Insurance. Aaron is a commercial insurance broker who not only works with businesses like the ones who Lori helps bring to market for franchising, his family family. Found- founded a beloved New Jersey restaurant that became a franchise along the way, and I also worked at one of the locations when I was 15 years old. He also has his own podcast called And Insurance, so we're going to chat with Aaron next week. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you got some weekend insight to make Monday impact. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus. See you then. Bye now. <laughs>